what is the number one reason why you want to go back to office? If there is a reason, I think the number one reason is coming this. How do we separate work from uh, our life? Like, how do we put a big separation between that? When I asked the CEOs and the HR that what's the number one reason why do you want to move back to office, the answer comes is connect. How do we build that connect so that we can build a strong, you know, seamless culture? You're listening to the Remote Work Productivity and Lifestyle Podcast, the show to hear tips and tricks about staying productive and having an awesome lifestyle as a remote worker. Proudly presented by Remote Compass and worldpodcasts.com. Now let's welcome your host, Alan Kaig. Alrighty, folks, welcome to another edition of the show. This is your host, Alan of RemoteCompass.com. And today we are chatting with Abhinav of PeopleBox. Abhinav, thanks for being with us today. And uh, can you share a little bit about yourself and the business? Sure. Thanks for having me, Alan. My name is Abhinav. I'm the co-founder and CEO of PeopleBox.ai. In simple words, we are trying to build the world's first employee engagement and performance management platform exclusively for remote teams. So remote teams, as you know, it's it's through the COVID, uh, I think almost all the companies are remote, but even before COVID, large companies like GitLab, Automative, or Zapiers have tried remote and worked on it successfully. So problems in remote teams have been different. You know, how, how do you build connect? How do you build great peer relationships? How do you, uh, as a CEO, how do you get the visibility of uh, where my teams are with results or engagement? So, so the challenges are different, but there are not a lot of platforms out there which cater to these uh, specific needs of remote managers or remote leaders. Uh, and that's what we are doing at PeopleBox. We, we are a company headquartered in San Francisco with teams sitting in Bangalore, but, you know, you know, we are ourselves a fully remote company. So we, you know, we have team members in Europe as well as, uh, you know, a lot of other places. I see. So you yourselves are operating remotely, doing what you preach, huh? Yeah, absolutely. We are fully remote. So we have, you know, a large part of our team is in India, uh, but different corners of India, uh, you know, from north, south, west, east. Yeah, so we, we have been completely remote with no office at all. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, I had, I was imagining that maybe some folks are in the same city and then maybe they would meet up every now and then. That kind of brings me to a uh, question regarding the company and your target audience, your focus. Has people box been designed for remote since day one, or is this a recent uh, development where you narrowed your focus further given the season? I think that's a great question, and I'm going to be I'm going to be very honest with you. We weren't designed to be uh, a remote focus or ourselves a fully remote team from the day one. The majority of our team was in Bangalore. Uh, everybody was coming to office, and when we launched the tool, even before the lockdown started. We realized right. that a large part of our active customers were managers or uh, leaders who had remote and distributed teams. I see. So when uh, did you transition to, to remote work? I mean, as a company, your operations, when did you pause the office? 
I think it was, if I'm not wrong, I think it was the first or second week of May this year. I see. Right within the lockdown. Yeah, um, just this uh, couple of months in the lockdown. So I remember the last day when uh, everybody got together, got together in office was 15th of March. Even though the number of cases were not that bad, but we started to we started thinking that, okay, let's take a precaution. So we just started as an experiment for a week. Then the entire country got into lockdown. And since then, you know, there's no comeback. I see. Um, very curious, as you transitioned from a typical go-to-the-office kind of situation, then uh, just uh, quite recently, just a few months ago this year, how has the transition been for your business, switching folks to remote? What are like the pros and cons or some uh, things to watch out for? I think, I honestly speaking, I think it's been great. Uh, we 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 came across this uh, amazing phenomena of how the remote first companies work. So we've been we've been sort of flexible when it came to uh, you know working from home or sort of you know working remotely. But uh, there's a huge difference between a remote friendly company and then a remote first company. And the reason we, when you're remote first, you it, it gets into your DNA and you make decisions. You think about that. A perfect example for that is hiring remotely. So earlier when you were uh, when you were hiring, we would never think of hiring remotely like any part of the country or for that matter any part of the world. But the first thing that actually happened to us is that it, it sort of changed the DNA, how, how we sort of make decision or perceive everything. Uh, with respect to the, the, the pros, I, I think it was not for us, it was primarily for the employees. So we, like, because we are a small team, me and my co-founder, we spoke with everybody. If tomorrow, the, let's say, we find a vaccine and that lockdown goes away, would you, uh, and if the choice was yours, would you come back to office or would you work in a hybrid? And a lot of people said that, you know, I think we are really liking it. One only challenge, one of the biggest challenge we found was uh, about the connect. How do you build that human connect with people, especially new people? So we, we have ramped up our hiring a lot in the past six months. We realized that the connect that teams inside the office have, you're not able to build the same connect remote. And how do you go and solve that, you know, of course, either through technology or non-technology. So we have been working on that and actually that, that sort of nudged us or motivated us to launch a new product which helped remote companies build better peer relationships and human connects. So that's pretty much has been our experience with going remote. So now I would say it's been uh, almost six months that we have all been fully remote. All right, Abina, those were really interesting uh, points. And uh, one thing that kind of struck me was your choice of words in terms of going remote being for the employee rather than being for you, the management. Do you have that? If we were to kind of unpack that, do you say going remote is more of a sacrifice in terms of productivity and it's a people first kind of decision rather than something that is a way to maximize productivity? I, I, I don't really think so. The reason why, like there's no doubt about that, that the decision we took was primarily driven by employees. But at the same time, at the, uh, at the back of our head, we knew that the productivity hasn't decreased at all. We, right. we could, of course, see that how people are working even harder. And, and it is obvious because people are now, you know, they have more time at hand. They don't have to travel to office. They don't have to sort of, you know, get up and dress and, you know, spend time in commuting. So 
when, when it was cleared was that there has been no effect on productivity at all, that the decision was really easy for us. Uh, then, of course, because, because the pros were unbelievable. Like, you know, your ability to hire anyone from anywhere, like no longer now this whole radius of 50 kilometer is your uh, sort of, you know, target market or target talent pool. Now it's right. anywhere in the world. Like you could spend, you know, more time into your, you, you can build your own zones of time. Like at the end of the day, we see that things are getting done and it, it was no job for us to go and tell people that you have to do it between nine to five or nine to six. So the, the, the decision was very easy for us when employees told us that they would prefer this model. I see. That, that's actually a great point. Uh, ha- having a bigger sort of talent pool and you having an existing team that was built for a traditional going to the office environment. Can you share some notes, some lessons learned now that you're hiring folks remotely, Hmm. like perhaps the focus is sort of different? I understand that PeopleBox is building ways to engage, ways to connect, perhaps on a human level to prevent isolation and all that kind of stuff. But how about qualifying the right person to join the team in the first place? What can you share about your personal experience? I think that's a, that's a great question. Hiring someone uh, for a remote team or for a remote facility right. is really, really different from hiring somebody in an office team. And I, and I think a lot of great talent may work amazingly well in a you know in office five days a week uh, nine to five but may not work in remote so i think i think one of the most important uh, sort of criteria that works is uh, being self-driven uh, a lot of people who uh, they, you know who are self-driven who can actually go and take the ownership are the right people uh, for the remote teams and, and we are sort of taking exclusive care of that when we are hiring remotely. Uh, the second thing is we realize that, you know, again, again, this, this is something I, I think I read a lot that, you know, intro for introverts, remote is a great uh, place because, you know, they, they, they get the opportunity to just get their work done and then just, you know, sort of uh, be in their own shell. It, it's some, sometimes it's a bit difficult for a lot of extrovert people because they, they truly enjoy the whole, you know, buzz around the office, the ability to sort of, you know, uh, meet with the colleagues, to interact with them, to, you know, get into this whole or informal uh, discussions and water cooler chats. Uh, so so we, we generally tend to talk a lot with people about, you know, their perception about working remotely. You know, do they like to work at home? How do you think they'll be able to motivate themselves? How do you think they'll be able to discipline themselves with the time and with the goals? And then, of course, you know, have they tried it in the past? So, so these are some of the very important factors that uh, we take care of when we hire people. Right. Yeah. You, you want to um, find folks who are a better fit for that kind of situation. It's going to be easier for them to motivate themselves to manage their own productivity without uh, being like uh, five meters apart from their supervisor. Now, I'm curious what you think about teams that are teams and team members that are suddenly remote because uh, that's uh, a big kind of reality right yeah. transitioning these people are already engaged mm-hmm. there's a pre-existing culture mm-hmm. 
there are strengths, there are weaknesses, there are ways of working, ways of communicating. But what are some suggestions in terms of helping folks transition if they're not comfortable with it? I think what we realize ourselves, uh, like we, we have been a great sort of promoter and advocate of one-on-one uh, meetings uh, of like pretty much from the start and not because we we offer a one-on-one tool because we have ourselves realized the power of it. Uh, and I don't think that there is any better uh, tool or any better process to help you become a better manager or a leader than one-on-one meetings. And, and there is no better time than today to do that. Uh, when, when teams are not uh, in office, when the employees don't have the luxury to just swill their chair around and tell you that what's holding them back or what's uh, the issue they are facing or, or there's any reason why they're disengaged, there is nothing but a one-on-one meeting which gives them an opportunity to say that. If you look at remote work, right, uh, the, 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 the places where teams are getting together are either stand-up meetings or some sort of a strategy brainstorm meetings, which where everybody's there. So you don't really get the opportunity right. to share some of the things which you're liking or some of the things which are holding you back. And that's why one-on-one te- meetings comes a lot in the picture. And that's what we are sort of advocating to our customers as well. If you are doing one-on-one meeting once in a month, move it to once in a fortnight. If you're doing once in a fortnight, please do move in once in a week. Like we always recommend that even if you have nine employees, you know, we are literally looking at like 350 hours of, you know, productive work. So you can definitely spend four and a half hours every week to make sure that the other whatever 350 or 450 hours are, you know, well worked out. One meetings is the most important thing. The second thing we realize is stand-ups, like just 15 minutes daily stand-ups where you have a very simple process of what's working, what's not working, like what, what did you do yesterday? What are you planning to do today? And, and any blockers. And that is a format that has worked beautifully for us in all the teams. Plus, of course, any team engagement activities. So whether it is on Friday or getting to know each other again, or just getting the ability to connect with each other over virtual coffees or over some team engagement activities, especially on on like one-to-one. And these are not like that formal manager-employee one-on-one, but actually more informal talks. So, so these are three things that we have seen uh, incredibly powerful, especially for existing teams who never got a chance to work remotely, uh, but they want to continue w- work on the same level of engagement and productivity. Right. Uh, that's a great point. Uh, I wanted to ask you about water cooler conversations, like the third thing you mentioned, mm-hmm. and uh, one-on-ones in terms of the content or the expected kind of uh, relationship that you will maintain if you are um, in a remote, in a virtual team. Would you say that in a remote team, there's less pressure or it's less necessary to build a more personal connection and it's going to be more strictly professional? And do you know of any practices about the kind of uh, boundaries between one's work and one's uh, personal life and that's enabled by such tools and such processes and communication practices? Yeah, so I think there are two things here and I'll try and separate that. One is about the, the question of, you know, your ability or need to build personal connections in, in the yes. remote setup. And second is, of course, the separating your work to your life, like your personal life. 
I think for the first one, right, I, I think the need is always there. And at the end of the day, we are humans, you know, we have, we have built relationships for the past 10,000 years by breaking the bread together. And that's what connect us for a same goal, for the same vision, for the same mission. So other, if, if you don't have that, then you're probably like a, a disconnected outside the community person. You, like an example that comes is the, what is the difference between a freelancer and an employee? And the, and the main difference is that employee have a sense of connect and belonging to the company. He's able to connect with the peers. He's able to connect with the vision, the goal. A freelancer, of course, because he's working with multiple companies, uh, he's he's completely disconnected. He's on a very transactional terms there. Right. So I think I think the need is always there for the sake of the employee and for the sake of the company. The need to build peer relationship and strong connect is sort of paramount to the success of people to the success of the results, retentions, uh, and, and of course, overall the company. But what happens is it's deprioritized. It's deprioritized because the avenue now is not very easy. So in an office setup, you're working, you suddenly feel thirsty, you go to the water cooler, uh, you get to meet with someone and you started having a chat. So, so it's really easy or you go out for a smoke and you find another colleague uh, there and you just started chatting and and that's that's an amazing way to connect with people and it, it of course a great way to sort of break the ice and then it, it, it's a good sort of stress buster as well the problem with remote is that you don't find these avenues so easy you know uh, and and that's for the job of a company or say hr or leadership or sort of software platforms like us is to ensure that employees are able to find these avenues faster or, or more easier so that they don't feel burned out. So they don't disconnect with the company. They don't, they don't start feeling that, are we really an employee or are we really a freelancer? You know? uh, and that's, I think, one of the most important things for us. The, the recent product that we have launched, which is the Coffee Connect, is primarily to solve this problem. So we are trying to replicate water cooler chats in the virtual world. And that's an extremely important thing for us. We believe that's one of the biggest challenges that remote companies face with respect to the you know, in-office companies. Coming back to that's the second, a great point. Yeah, coming back to the second question, and I, I, I think that's, honestly speaking, that's a question that is on the top of the mind of almost all the companies or employees. And it's, it's probably the most unsolved problem today, which is how do you separate between work and your life when you're working remote? And, and it's, it's very obvious because when, you, when you're in office, right? And when you come to the home, there, there is a physical event happening. You, you, you shut down your laptop, you get into the bag, you get into the car, you drive, you come home, you have a bag, you put your bag down, you, of course, hug your kids or wife or husband or, or just start doing something. And, and there is a clear wall between work and home. So, so you understand that, okay, now I'm at home. This is a separate environment and I need to take on some different priorities here. But when you're remote, right, you're just moving out from an, uh, like your, your living room to your sort of bedroom or a lot of times people like don't have this opportunity to have a different office and sort of a different rooms. The, the, the lines are very blurred here. You know, you, you just don't know when are you stopping? I mean, everybody's facing it. I'm facing it. All my employees are facing it. I'm sure uh, almost half of the world is facing this issue. And, and, and that is a challenge. I think, I think I, when I'm asking employees that, you know, uh, like one of the reasons why, like what is the number one reason why you want to go back to office? If there is a reason, I think the number one reason is coming this. 
how do we separate work from uh, our life? Like, how do we put a big separation between that? When I asked the CEOs and the HR that what's the number one reason why do you want to move back to office, the answer comes is connect. How do we build that connect so that we can build a strong, you know, seamless culture? So, so these are the two sort of big issues that we also go and see that. Right. Do you think there's a correlation between uh, connecting in a personal way with your company and your colleagues and the difficulty of creating the boundaries between work and life? I'm, I'm not sure. I, that's a good question. I, honestly, I don't think so. Like, I, think, I think there's a great correlation between your engagement and how, how engaged and how happy are you with the company with your ability to connect with your peers. I, I have zero doubt about that. Right. But I think separation between work and life is more to do with this whole physical environment we get in. Like I give you an example. A lot of times I am I am working in my living room sitting on a sofa and 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 say it's it's seven o'clock in the evening. And and how do I ensure how do I separate it now? Because I'm in the living room where there is a large TV and I, I I usually go and watch it there. So so the, the my ability to separate these two events when I'm watching TV and when I'm when I'm maybe you know responding to an email is now really blurred. And and I I'm not really sure how much of that is connected with my ability to connect with my peers or build that relationships. I, I believe it's slightly different challenge here. Right. Yeah. Maybe uh, they're compatible. Maybe you can feel connected with your colleagues as long as you find ways to kind of context switch at home, whether it's some sort of ritual, Hmm. maybe working only on a desktop PC and then shutting it down. And then that's equal to your work commute. Or maybe when the lockdowns are, are over and all that kind of stuff, we work somewhere else nearby not in the office, but yeah. whatever is the closest co-working space or a conducive cafe for work is to your um, current location. Perhaps those two can be compatible, but but of course, we're just still figuring all these out as, yeah, it's a new kind of territory. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody is learning. Uh, even, I would say even the companies who have been remote for many years, even they are learning because... This is a new. This is a new because even the large companies they would probably get uh, to a retreat every quarter, or or maybe find some people who are in the same city or who are nearby in similar blocks get to meet, and that's also gone. So it, it, I think it's a it's a learning for everybody. Correct, and uh, I reckon one of the big factors is the advancement of technology. For example, if you have Slack installed in the same smartphone that you used to um, message your spouse or to play games, then the boundaries are even further blurred. It's one thing, even if you stop working in the living room, not facing the TV, even if you worked outside, we're still carrying these technologies that can buzz us at 3 a.m. and then there's going to be a work non-emergency, but it just attracts your attention. So those are the things that we're figuring out as new technologies are being built. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I just couldn't agree more. So when I started my career, there was no laptops to take home. So I remember I used to have these big desktops in the office and I would go to the office and, and that was the only time I'll get the opportunity to check my email. So if an email is coming at one o'clock in the morning, there is no way I would go and check it before, say, 9.30 or 10 o'clock when I reach the office. And then, of course, when I come. So so that boundary, right, is, is, like, yeah. is like a very definitive boundary. But then, of course, that boundary got a little blurred when we got smartphones phones starting with blackberry followed by all the smartphones uh and and like i remember you know probably a few years ago i was on a beach uh holidaying and i had this smartphone in my hand and i was just trying to reply to an email and my wife was like are you really on holidays Mm -hmm. but now that you know at least there's not even a physical constraint that line has got really blurred and you're absolutely right you know technology has a huge role to play into that yeah, and, and we're all just uh, figuring it all out because before we used to have like that physical uh, separation that, yeah, virtually made it impossible. You, you don't have uh, work access at home, maybe because of security reasons, technology reasons. Yeah, you, you would need VPN, which wasn't already provided, but yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Alrighty, let us switch gears. And before we wrap up, I wanted to share if there was one tip that you feel very strongly about that a remote team manager has to hear, what might it be? I think that actually, the, instead of one, if I take the opportunity to talk about two, which is something that we have learned, uh, not just mm-hmm. from ourselves, but working with, I think, over 400 customers that we have, almost all of them either partially or fully remote. I think as a manager or a leader, there are two most important things that they need uh, when it comes or they need to take care of uh, when they are, of course, managing or leading remote teams. Number one is visibility. How do you know, like, how do you be always be on the top of the health of the company or the team? And how do you ensure that you have their ears close to the ground? Uh, and and it, it, it means basically always be on top of all the health metrics of either the company or the team, whether it is about the results, it is about the engagement, is it about the, you know, the peer relationship? How do you know if your top performers are happy? How do you know whether the quarterly results uh, are on track? How do you know that, you know, whether, you know, teams are really, you know, chasing the right goals? So, so the ability to build this visibility is, I think, one of the most important uh, key success factors that we have realized, especially for a manager or, or a leader. The second thing, as I said previously, previously, is about connect. How do you ensure that your team members or, or all your employees are able to connect with each other? So I, I, I of course, I keep talking to, you know, companies, HR, uh, CEOs, managers, that what are the things they're doing? And I know that every company is trying to do some things, you know, and HR, of course, is playing a huge role there by ensuring that they're able to do virtual team activities, you know, either on a daily basis or sometimes on just on Friday or, you know, uh, town halls have increased a lot, you know, different informal activities have increased a lot. And, and I think these, if, if you're a leader, these are the two things, visibility and connect that you seriously need to take care of. Uh, for an employee, uh, like I said, the biggest challenge is uh, how do they ensure that they separate work from home? And I think that requires a little bit of discipline. Uh, maybe, you know, like ensuring that you shut down the, uh, like maybe blocking your calendar or sort of shutting down your laptop at the same time. Yeah, that's pretty much the tips I think probably we will have from our own learnings. Alrighty, great points. Now, uh, where can the audience learn more about you and the business? 
yeah just just uh, go to our website it's peoplebox.ai and yeah they can they can just know more about us we we've got a very large comprehensive list of blogs mainly about uh, remote how do you how do you go and build engage team how do you build okrs how do you do one on ones how do you connect with your employees uh, we we have written, written extensive content on that and yeah that that you know they they can try it out our product and as well and see if they can help them build high performing and engaged more teams excellent so folks can find the links in our show notes thanks so much abin this has been a pleasure and chat with you again soon same here thanks for listening to the remote work productivity and lifestyle podcast be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of our upcoming or prior episodes. The show is presented by Remote Compass and worldpodcasts.com.